I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu, and I'm here to tell you that this is not a rebroadcast of any of the other dozen of losses this season. That have been the exact same way. <laughs> uh, it's not even a repeat of the Jazz game. That was the exact same way. Where the Raptors lost to the Jazz. That one with, uh, as you remember, finishing with one of five Pascal Siakam game-deciding shots that have rolled off the rim. A.K.A. Mr. Roll Up the Rim to Lose. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you really say? Uh, I would say the Raptors played well for three quarters. <laughs> Listen, when the Raptors were up six at halftime, I was begging for the game to just be stopped. A, because, you know, who wants to work past midnight? Um, although I love this job, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you kind of knew what was going to go on, right? Like, you knew what was going to happen. And if you don't, like, you might be a little bit of a sucker, quite honestly. And I'm not even saying that in a rude way. I'm not saying, like, don't have confidence in the Raptors. I'm just saying, after a certain period... Of seeing the same results, you got to expect this kind of the same deal. And, you know, whatever, man. You can say what what reason it was, you know, fatigue, um, injuries, um, you know, lingering COVID effects, um, altitude, um, relocating in Tampa. Like, you know, I mean, you, you can go down the list, quite honestly, and <laughs> we have. I have. Everybody has. We have used every single reason. Uh, the simple fact is that the Raptors have a hard time winning basketball games. And that's not to say they can't play well for long stretches. That's not to say that they can't compete with good teams. They just do and lose. <laughs> Which, you know, it's frustrating. But, I mean, you know, I think at this point, I don't, I don't know if the Raptors still have, still should have the um, the, the right to frustrate you. Because you kind of know what's going to happen, right? Like, you kind of saw in the Nuggets game. Play well for three quarters, bang, fall apart. Uh, you saw in the Nets game, play well for three quarters, bang, fall apart. 
Um, you know, and, and you don't have to recount this because you can just scroll back on the previous podcast. Trust me, I've, I've probably sounded much more frustrated than those ones than this game where, yeah, you kind of just saw it coming, you know, and the Raptors tonight, fourth quarter, garbage offense in terms of results. Really, really bad results. And, you know, I mean, they were four for 21 in the fourth quarter at one point. Um, and yeah, only 13 points in the fourth quarter. This is after the Raptors were rolling offensively for large stretches of this game. And I thought, honestly, it was regrettable that the Raptors couldn't build a bigger lead. And I know that sounds crazy because the Jazz, you know, they're a very good team. Like, you know, again, I salute the 2018 Toronto Raptors. I, I wish them well against LeBron. Um, just make sure you don't let them go left in game three. In any case, um, you know. I know it sounds wild to say this, but the Raptors are playing really well. Like, they were playing great, getting a lot of fast-break opportunities. You know, offensively, they were scoring at a very high rate, especially playing a lot in transition off their defense. It's just that, like, they were also making a lot of mistakes defensively. And I thought they could have honestly held the Jazz to a lot quieter of a performance. And, of course, Jazz were missing two All-Stars, right? No Mike Conley, no uh, Rudy, or no um, Donovan Mitchell. So... It's a big portion of their offense. But instead, the Raptors let Bogdan Bogdanovich get going. They let Joe Ingles get going. And I got to say, it was kind of disappointing because it wasn't even like the Raptors were putting bad defenders on these guys, right? Like, they, you know, they had OG on um, Bogdanovich. They've had, you know, Siakam on, on Bogdanovich, although Siakam was also on Royce O'Neal quite a bit. In any case, though, those guys had possessions where they just didn't, you know hold those guys up and it's not like it's outside of their capabilities to stop these guys but they really let them get in the rhythm early and Bogdanovich especially really continued it down the stretch I mean he was he was hitting lots of shots throughout the course of this game and he, he had a really nice game I mean of course he's a nice scorer don't get me wrong like he obviously can shoot can you know can play make a little bit you know he's pretty he's not that athletic but he's he's pretty like tall and he's Able to play with physicality, draw some fouls, and things like that. He had 34 points tonight. It's not the first time we've seen Bogdanovich hurt the Raptors, actually. You know, I mean, even back to his days with the Nets or, or, or Washington, he's had some games. But, yeah, 34 is, you know, too many, really. Um, they got hurt by Ingles in the pick and roll quite a bit. But mostly it was annoying to see his his threes. And, and honestly, they did a decent job on Gobert. It's just really, like, I thought, you know, defensively, there was a chance to hold Utah to, like, 40 points in that first in that first half. And instead, Utah had, I don't know, 56 points, which, you know, is a big difference. <laughs> but to be honest, the Jazz were not playing well offensively. Of course, not having their main guys did kind of, you know, affect them, as you would expect. But the Raptors couldn't build that big lead. And the big regret of that is that later in the game, they had no buffers. So when the Raptors went on, you know, you know once in a game, the Raptors are going to go mad cold. And it happened in the fourth quarter tonight where, again, man, the Raptors just... Whew, Man, that was bad. And listen, it wasn't like the fourth quarter against Denver in the specific execution of the game. Because I thought in the Denver game, they just completely fell apart. They had some really terrible turnovers, didn't execute their stuff, um, were hurting themselves, and then also defensively leaving guys open. The Raptors defensively in the fourth quarter was fine. I mean, the Jazz scored 21 points, you know, outside of some putbacks from Rudy Gobert that you could have boxed them out on. Um, I mean, it's not like they were rolling offensively either. It's just that the Raptors were were missing a lot of shots. And you might say, well, you know, why is that? And to be honest, sometimes you can't explain everything in sports. But when things happen repeatedly, I think you have more of a basis to understand and, and understand why it's a pattern. In this case, though, um, I do think the Raptors ran their offense decently. Um, you know, you might say there was a little too many 
five elite possessions, and I can agree with you, man. There was like maybe two or three. You know, one I remember he got blocked um, by Trent Forrest. You know Trent Forrest, of course. You know Trent Forrest, man. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I had no idea who this man was, but he he blocked Fred um, on one play, and there was another play. You know, a few plays where Fred was sort of holding on to the ball a little bit too much. But I mean, realistically, like Fred was the only guy that had it going, and he also banked in a three and and made a late two to make it a one possession game with thirty five seconds left. So I, you know, whatever. But I also thought that the, the other Raptors had some good looks; they were missing them. You know, um, OG had some open corner threes, didn't make them. Um, Pascal had some. I can't even explain Pascal's performances anymore, man. I mean, if you it. It is what it is. You take what you can get at this point. It's really like a trick-or-treat performance, which you might say, well, come on, he's the max player and all this stuff. Uh, your salary doesn't determine your performance. Um, sometimes your performance determines your salary, but your salary definitely doesn't determine your performance, especially when you know other factors go into how you perform. In any case, though, yeah, you know, Pascal is missing, as he was all game. And then Ken Birch had two floaters that he missed that he was making all game. So, you know, I mean, wasn't... Wasn't the worst, but uh, the end result is they shoot six of twenty-four from the field, and yeah, that that killed them in the fourth quarter. I just you just need more. And I thought Nick actually made a good adjustment, as he usually does. I mean, let's be real; it's not like Nick is a bad coach by any means. I know people dislike Nick for some reason. Sometimes you dislike the coach because you dislike their results. Sometimes you dislike the coach because they're the coach is not doing a good job. And I'm here to tell you that. It's really, you just dislike the results. Trust me, Nick Nurse is still a damn good coach. In any case, though, Nick saw the the Denver game and fixed up, right? So he said, okay, that Denver game, the mistake was it was Malachi plus four bench guys. And realistically, Malachi is a bench guy. So really, an all-bench lineup to start the fourth quarter, it's not the worst thing. It's not like an inexcusable result. It's not like, you know, not doubling LeBron in game three. Which again, Utah, please, when you see LeBron, double double him, okay? In, in a game-winning situation, double LeBron. I don't care. Give up an open shot to anybody else. Um, but in any case, um, yeah, okay. Not the greatest move, um, especially in hindsight. You know, he tried to buy his starters some minutes. Didn't work. Okay, so he decides to go to the uh, a different strategy. So he's going to put in some, some starters in there. So he left Fred, even though Fred played like the entire third quarter. Play Fred two more minutes to start the fourth quarter and then get Fred to the bench just to make sure they get something started. You know what I mean? That that start of the fourth quarter is so big. Um, you know, just just get him a little bit of momentum. I like that. Just two extra minutes for Fred there. And then Ken Birch came in early. You know, Freddie Gillespie, to be honest, let's be real. He's been struggling. And also Ken Birch's been playing amazing. Get Ken Birch in there early. Uh OG was out there with them, you know, for stretches. And then you know, the starters did mix their way back in. But I just, just think that like that in itself burn the starters a little bit more. And I did think that later in the game, the guys all looked tired. Stagnant offense, really. Um, in terms of Raptors were not getting on transition nearly as much. And when they were run, running their sets, it just wasn't guys cutting in the same way that, you know, the activity that you saw in the first quarter, which, you know, it happens. That's, that's, that's any sports match. Have you seen any sports? Uh, later in the game, people get tired. It turns out, you know, competing at a world-class level... It's going to take a lot out of you, depending, you know, it, regardless of your conditioning. Um, but yeah, there just wasn't enough in the fourth quarter. In terms of some positives from this game, again, like I mentioned, man, the big reasons to watch this team are OG, Kem, and Malachi. And 
all three of those guys had varying degrees of good games. Um, I thought well, Ken Birch first off was sensational. Uh, sensational. I mean, he built off that really good twenty and eleven performance against Denver with yet another great performance here. Again, the the, the only mistakes he made were like missing those two floaters, you know, late in the fourth or in the course of the fourth quarter. But I thought the Raptors had a really good game plan against Gobert. Basically, they would try to really engage him with uh, their drives downhill with their guards. And then they would dump off to their bigs who would flash up top and sort of get into that little gap. Not roll all the way to the basket or not necessarily stay in the dunker spot. Just come up, rotate just a little bit up top, and then be in position for short floaters. We've seen Freddie Gillespie do this. We've seen Ken Birch do this. And they did a pretty good job, honestly. Ken Birch was torching Gobert with this strategy. I mean, the Raptors did a really good job with that. Um, and, and Ken Birch in particular was, was excellent uh, in that role uh, until the fourth quarter, which, again, it wasn't like Gobert affected him specifically. He just missed point-blank shots. It is what it is. Um, but Ken looks good. He looks really good out there, man. He has really good chemistry with everybody, which, you know, listen, I, I think if you have chemistry with everybody, that just means you're good. <laughs> right, it's easy to play with good players. Ken Birch is a good player. And, you know, it's mentioned a lot in the broadcast, but, um, yeah, Nick saw something play in the in the Nuggets game where I guess Kem, you know, hesitated on bringing the ball up. Then Nick talked to him about it. And he was like, yo, bring the ball up. You can do it. <laughs> and Kem Birch tonight took it to heart, made three or four plays where he brought it up the court off a rebound. And, yeah, it seemed like a concerted effort to, to be honest, right? And listen, that's something Nick has ta- told every single player, you know, uh, on his team. He, he's always loved having his bigs. Uh, not even push the break because it's not like, you know, okay, we're going to give the ball to him and it's a Russell Westbrook kind of situation. Like, he's going to charge down the floor. Like, it's not like that. It's just off the rebound. Don't stagnate and look for your point guard unless you're getting really heavily pressured. Just bring the ball up. Everyone can dribble the basketball past half court. It really can. I mean, you got to be really, really bad to, you know, in terms of your handle. But we've seen Surge do it. We've seen JV do it. Those guys aren't guys that you would think are traditional ball handling bigs, but you know, that's one thing Nick likes to do is when you ever you have the chance to play in transition, that's so valuable. And your bigs are going to collect most of your rebounds. So do it. <laughs> Every other player does it, right? So, you know, Ken was starting to do it. And he made at least three or four possessions that way. He had one play where brought up in transition, found Utah, you know, uh, cutting alongside him for a dunk. In transition, that was great to see. You know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, yo, you know, Ken Birch is now, you know, um, Nikola Jokic or anything like that. But he's having a really good impact out there. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, I really don't want to gas this guy as much because, you know, I, I think trying to keep ex- expectations more in check. But the results are very strong. I mean, he's very athletic. He's getting on the offensive glass. He's really a factor there. That's, that's been a really nice um, addition to the Raptors. It's just I felt like all season Raptors didn't have offensive rebounding. Because they were playing small, because they were playing hurt, because they were playing, you know, with a gym teacher in the middle. And now it's like, okay, all right, Ken Birch is, like, really athletic. He can out-jump guys. He can tip rebounds out. He can, you know, go head-to-head head with Gobert. And, I mean, I thought he outplayed Gobert, man. He had 17, 10 points, 6 assists as well, a steal. Um, what did Gobert have? 13, 16. Yeah, give me what Kem had, man. Give me what Kem had. And the six assists is nice, too. Um, I think he's done a really good job of making reads on the roll. So the Raptors are, you know, finding him um, and, you know, in the pick-and-roll situations. And if a third defender rotates over in the, to help, which happens a lot in pick-and-roll settings, Kem is throwing the pass out there. And I'm, I'm sure soon enough they'll probably end up on the scouting report that, you know, Kem is doing this. Of course, he didn't do any of this, you know, in Orlando or anything like that, but... 
Um, it's just been fun to see, man. He's been a real breath of fresh air. You know, he's hitting the corner three as well. That was off a play where, you know, I think um, Pascal and... Yeah, I think it was either Fred and Kem or Pascal and Kem worked the pick and roll on one side of the floor. The Jazz overloaded it, so instead of running the pick and roll, they swung the ball, which is the right play. Swung to Malachi. Malachi drove the lane, and Gobert rotated over the help, and that opened up Kem wide open in the corner. And, you know, again, I don't think Kem is going to take that many threes because for bigs, um, they're not going to be standing in the corner that much, generally speaking, because you're going to be needing him to screen. And A, B, around the basket, from offensive rebounds, things like that, which, you know, Kemba's shown an ability to do. But um, screen for the ball, and you're probably not going to do that coming out of the corners that often. You're probably going to do that from the middle of the floor. And he's the best dive man as well. So you're going to need him in the middle of the floor. But in possessions where, you know, and like that one that I just described where he hit the three, like a lot of these possessions, you know, the initial action is going to be shut down. To be honest, every NBA team has like at least two or three ways to guard pick and rolls. And sometimes they can overload the pick and roll. And in those situations, or even just have loose balls and things like that, like having a guy who can go out into the corner to hit the occasional three is nice. It really is nice. I don't think necessarily spaces the floor because I think to, in order for centers to space the floor, um, I, mean, I mean, to be honest, you have the Brook Lopez types that stand in the corner and they, they, you know, if they hit enough threes, they really do pull a center out of the lane, which is useful, very useful. Um but I think mostly if you want centers to space the floor, you need to play pick and pop with them and um, involve them in the screen and obviously have them pop out. But if you're going to play pick and pop, guys are going to be at the top of the floor. They're not going to be in the corner. Um, and I don't think Kem has the necessarily – I haven't seen the skill set really um, to see him hit you know above the break threes. But in any case, the corner three is nice. It's nice. It's a nice little bonus. He's not going to be there all the time, but occasionally you, if you see one a game, I'm happy with it. Um, and he's playing great. Uh, Malachi, Malachi shows you moments throughout the course of this game. I thought in the second half, you know, Fred had a really, really strong grip of the game. So it, there wasn't as many possessions for Malachi to sort of uh, ball out. But at the same time, it wasn't like Malachi was balling out to such a degree that like Fred was keeping a lid on him. Like, I, I didn't think that. I, I just think that, you know, the offense flowed more towards Fred. Um, but yeah, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more from Malachi tonight. I, there were some nice moments. Like, he, he went up against Gobert, uh, drove in, and, and took the contact and had a left-handed layup finish. Like, that's that's very nice. Um, he had a three at the start of the game. He had another pull-up three, uh, six assists, five rebounds. Like, there wasn't anything too wrong with his game, to be honest. Like, defensively, you know, he had a hard time uh, in terms of – not a hard time. He had a hard assignment in guarding Jordan Clarkson. But Clarkson was 6 of 18. It wasn't like he was that efficient with this offense. Like, you were happy with the defense. You know, you would have just really liked to see Malachi sort of impose himself on the offense a little bit more later in the game. Um, no no, no fourth quarter Flint tonight. He didn't really have an opportunity to do it. So, in any case, though, I, you know, I, I like... Um, I, I like what Malachi has been giving them. You know, Nick Nurse was, you know, debating sort of... Go big to match Utah because Utah's been pretty big. They're basically running Joe Ingles at point guard. He's six eight. Um, you know, do you go big to match Utah or do you um, go with your best guys? And Nick just went with his best guys. And, and Flynn is one of their five best players. Well, one of the five best players available to this game, and I like seeing that. I just don't want to see, even though he's a rookie, I just don't want to see him shy away 
in terms of his his place in the pecking order or just his importance in the offense. Because I think, especially for two point guard lineups to work, I mean, you need both point guards to be aggressive, looking for their shot, looking for passes, looking to create. And if it's just sort of, okay, give it to Malachi, and then so you can just, you know, hold the ball and then input it back to Fred and then let Fred run and play, like, no, I want to see occasional, I want to see play calls from Malachi too. I just really do. Especially because it's not like he has no performance, you know, no track record of, of performing in the fourth quarter. He's done that quite uh, a few times over the last month. So, you know, and that wasn't as big of a performance of him. And then for OG, unfortunately, his 20-point streak has snapped six games. That was actually the longest of any player this season by the Raptors, which, uh, yo, that's a problem, man. <laughs> that's a problem. That's a problem, man. Nobody scored 20-plus more than six games in a row, and it really shouldn't have been necessarily OG to get, to hit that streak. Uh, to be honest, I'm a little surprised Norm didn't do it. It felt like Norm was a guaranteed 25 every night for a stretch there. But in any case, um, yeah, 17 for OG. <laughs> what a huge disappointment. Yeah, I mean, I'm just kidding. I mean, I thought OG played decently. Um, there were times where he looked for his offense, which at this point I want him to do, especially with Pascal being <sighs> unspeakably bad. Uh, I don't Is that overstating it? I, 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 I don't know. It, but I, I thought he was horrendous. In any case, um, especially with, OG, with Pascal struggling... You need OG to sort of step up there. And I thought OG did his best um, tonight. Uh, here's the thing with overextending somebody is that you end up making mistakes. And you end up parting the team and you end up losing. And then you end up hating that guy. Which sometimes, it's, you know, like, we should know this pattern quite well because we've literally done it with Pascal. Um, or at least some people have. Uh, but in any case, with OG, like we saw him work a couple pick and rolls, come off the pick, pick and roll, get into the mid-range, pull up. Okay, uh, to be honest, mid-range pull-ups for OG are not necessarily the greatest shots, but, yo, I'm, I'm, whatever, man, at this point, like, just, whatever, right, but, um, you know, there's some good things as well, I thought his threes were good attempts, he took nine threes today, I like that number for him, especially at the rate he's shooting it this year, he hit three of nine from three, to be honest, he had some open looks that he missed, which has been unusual, he's been usually very money on those open shots, but in any case, you know, I like his confidence there, he had Gobert under the basket um, and one-on-one, and I thought, okay, how is OG going to get out of this? But he finished around Gobert twice. Actually, to be honest, the Raptors didn't have that much trouble with Gobert. They, they really scored well. It's just in the fourth quarter, everyone missed everything. Um, in any case, though, uh, yeah, OG played pretty well. Um, you know, I think for him, like, sometimes, he, obviously, he's going to need the post-up game for a lot of his baskets. Um but at the same time, he's not one-dimensional like that. Like, again, this is where the difference with Pascal comes in. Like, Pascal really needs to post a game. And he's way better at posting up than Pascal, or than, than, than OG is because he has a go-to move. He has, this, you know, some counters. Well, he kind of has a counter. I, I, anyway, I, it's very depressing talking about Pascal at this point. Um, and, you know, even, even cutting downhill, Pascal has some quickness. But what OG has is sort of a variation in his game, right? So he can come off the pick and roll and pull up. He can uh, hit the catch and shoot threes. Um, you know, he can. He, he's running out in transition more. I mean, you're seeing OG finish in transition more than, than Pascal is these days. Um, you're seeing, um, you know, OG with his strength at, in, the, in the paint. He's going to set up Pascal shying from the contact. OG is going to initiate the contact. Um, and, and it's been interesting to see this kind of uh, style. Although, to be honest, I do worry about a team that relies on, you know, on post-up play as much as the Raptors do. I do think that post-up play is a little bit dead in the NBA unless you can really playmake and consistently draw doubles and playmake out of those doubles. But in any case, at, at this point, you know, 
there's only so many games left in the season. You do want to see what players have in their bag. And OG's showing you. And sometimes, man, he's going to have awkward you know plays. Like, OG's going to slip and fall once per game on offense. Um, and that's just him. That, that's just him. I don't know, man. Maybe we'll... You know, and, and years later down the line, when we expect him to be like 25 points a night, then yeah, you might you know be annoyed at that. But at the moment, it's very endearing still. And uh, you know, somehow I'm disappointed with 17 points from OG, which like I don't know. I, I think that does speak a lot to his progression this season. Four assists as well for him. Two blocks of steal, including a very impressive block late in the game. I think against Clarkson, driving trying to attack one on one, and uh, OG saying uh, none of that. So. Um, those are the three guys. And as for everyone else, I thought, Fred, you know, Fred had some incredible moments, you know, a little bit, uh, stagnant in the fourth quarter, but I can't blame him, man. He, he was, he was excellent tonight. Um, no, nothing from the bench as you would expect, <laughs> you know, just nobody off the bench is going to give you anything. Freddie Gillespie had a better game. He's been having some real struggles of late. I thought he played better tonight. Um, you know, I thought his God, he was good. Nobody on the, off- look, listen, if, if the opposing big man doesn't get, more than one offensive rebound, you should be pretty happy with it. Um, Gillespie played Derek Favors to an even, which honestly, you know, Derek Favors is not bad. Uh, and then, yeah, Jalen Harris got some minutes. That's right, Mister We the North got some minutes. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Alex, really, because he's uh, he's really latched on to Jalen this year. Um, you know. As a as a good friend and star photographer, Keyshawn Mystery could tell you, uh, Alex will latch on to young talent and 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 ride the wave. Sorry, Alex, I know you're listening, bro. Um, <laughs> just listen, Alex Lander is like one third of what I can do on the podcast nowadays. That isn't sad. Um, but yeah, Harris got some Harris got some time to play. Four minutes. Uh, ended up in foul trouble. Three fouls. And I asked Nick after the game, like, hey. Jalen played. That's that's new. Um, and he played in the second quarter, which not in garbage time. There was no garbage time today. Um, what's going on? And are we kind of expecting to see more of Jalen? And I think you know, Nick just said, "Listen, we need to get a look at this guy because we haven't actually seen him, right? Like, um, we saw him say we the North, and then he disappeared for like six months. Or I guess not six months, four months. I don't know. It's felt like six months to be honest. Hasn't this season felt like six months? It's only been like three. In any case, um, Jalen." just hasn't made that much of an impact. Um, you know, I think, obviously, uh, him not getting minutes is not surprising because the Raptors do have good guard depth. And to at, at the start of the season, they had, like, seven shooting guards. Now they have, like, one. Um, <laughs> yeah. In any case, um, yeah, Jalen got hurt for a stretch, too. Like, he was out for quite a while. And then he was in the G League. And to be honest, I... I I like some of what I saw in the G League. Some of it was also not as intriguing. Sometimes when you watch G League games, you really have to come in with the understanding of guys are very different ages. So a 22-year-old like Jalen is probably going to struggle against like 27, 28-year-olds, right? Like, not a, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people who dominate the G League are like older guys. Let's let's be real. In any case, um, there were some good things you saw from Jalen, like in the G League. You know, like they ran a lot of the you know, a back pick for Jalen to go for an offense for a, an alley-oop lob. Basically, um, the, the Kyle for DeMar lob, they used to run it quite a, well, quite a bit, catch defenses sleeping. And this time it was uh, Malachi running it with Jalen. Jalen's got some pretty good hops. He's got like a 40-inch vertical. He's active. He's got good length. Uh, the comparison was to Norman Powell. I don't fully see that um, because I think Norm had this like 
he, first off, Norm was much longer, or was. It's not like Norm shrank. Uh, Norm is much longer. <laughs> Norm has like a seven foot wingspan, basically, even though he's six four, and he's got like he takes really huge strides on offense. He covers a lot of ground. He's basically like he's six. Offensively, he's like he's six eight, but he's um, but he's only six four. He's just kind of like a spider, like a smaller body but long limbs. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't think Jalen has necessarily that same explosiveness that Norm had. Um, even as a rookie, I remember Norm having great moments. Um, but, you know, he's active. He was in some of the right places defensively today. I mean, I thought, well, there were mistakes for sure. Like him going, closing out to the corner and touching Jordan Clarkson on the arm as he's shooting. That's very dumb. Don't foul three-point shooters. Um, the Raptors did it twice in the third quarter, fouling Matt Thomas in the corner and then, uh, Jordan Clarkson in the corner. That's, I think they've made five of those free throws. None of those free throws should have really been happening. Don't foul corner three-point shooters. Um, and Harris, you know, the other two plays were just tough plays at the rim. You know, it is what it is. You, you call a foul, whatever, right? But he, he did make one good stop, um, rotating over, I think, against Clarkson. Um, Clarkson was driving downhill. Jalen Harris rotated over from the top of the floor, clogged the lane, forced a turnover. You know, that was nice. And he got an open three, and he cashed the open three, which is nice to see. He, he can shoot as well. So, I mean, I'm curious to see, to be honest. I mean, to be honest, half the battle with rookies is is confidence. Like, I think a lot of players have abilities, and I think it's not like Jalen doesn't have abilities. It's just how much confidence can you build. And we saw with Malachi, man. It took him, like, a long stretch to finally get to a point where he was confident, and now we can, like, wow, look at Malachi, right? But, um, you know, you probably won't know unless you play him. And so that's the plan right now is just to give Jalen a couple of minutes See what the Raptors have. I mean, to be honest, the Raptors don't have Jalen Harris long-term. They have him on a two-way deal. So, it's almost like a training camp situation for him at the moment. Where, if he can show something over the stretch here, then yeah. Uh, to be honest, the Raptors aren't getting much from the other bench guys. You know, whether it's Bembry, whether it's Stanley Johnson, um, even Utah. Like, come in. And if he's getting a chance, he probably deserves a chance. See what he can do, and especially with some more confidence. So, uh, in terms of your three stars from this game, I would say your first star is Fred VanVleet. I know people are going to be like, oh, the fourth quarter, whatever, man. Honestly, he also made the two toughest shots the fourth quarter. But, you know, I, I hear the criticism. But overall, 30 points, six rebounds, seven assists, two steals, some sensational plays, um, some darting layups, uh, you know, a push, a push shot turned into a bank shot. That was nice to see. Over Gobert, um, some tough threes as well. Um, 40 minutes for Fred. I thought Fred was sensational. He carried them for a large stretch of this game. Uh, second start, we that to Ken Birch. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, 8 of 13 from the field, hit a 3, 35 minutes. Um, yeah. I, honestly, Ken Birch has been excellent. It's it's actually incredible how quickly he's, he's, he's latched on here. And then your third star, I mean... I mean... Yeah, this is tough, finding a third star from this game. I, I guess I'll give it to OG. Um, I thought Pascal was more wasteful with his chances. Uh, he wasn't as I- impactful, I thought. I thought OG made more things happen offensively, and then defensively, OG was much better. I, just, I thought Pascal lost his man a couple of times. 17-5-4 uh, for OG with a steal and two blocks, 41 minutes. Those are, yeah, those are your three guys tonight. And then in terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner, um, that has to go... To Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, there are 34 points. I mean, it's not like he can't score. It's not like he can't score 30. I mean, he's a guy who can't score. He's just 
he was he got really hot for a stretch there and i didn't expect him to hurt the raptors as much as they did to be honest wing players don't end up hurting the raptors this much the raptors usually have some pretty good schemes against wings uh, and they have very good wing defenders but yeah bogdan just well he was great 34 points enough said so uh, that does for the podcast. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Raptors Reaction Newsletter. And the Raptors play tomorrow night against the Lakers. So uh, that's that's fun. I love seeing teams with a lot of size because I think the Raptors might. And by might, I mean they will really struggle with that. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Kyle's apparently supposed to be back for that one. So that's nice. Kyle's done pretty well against the Lakers over the years. And um, I'll be back here tomorrow to recap it. So thanks everyone for listening. 